0: At a time in our lives when going to live in another country or spending weeks in a language camp just isn't in the cards, we can fall into the why bother trap. Why bother messing around
1: with lesser methods when maybe someday I could do the best method? That's Sean Pratt, the award-winning audiobook narrator, reading from the third section of my book, America's Bilingual Century. Part three is devoted to what I'll call the Doubtful Dozen, 12 Myths About Bilingualism in America, and this particular myth is about language immersion. I'm Steve Levine. Welcome to episode 52 of the America the Bilingual podcast. This season, I've been sharing some chapters of the audiobook of America's Bilingual Century, This chapter tackles the myth that the best way to learn another language is to totally immerse yourself in it, to leave Pittsburgh behind for Paris if you're learning French. Hold on, you might say, isn't immersion a good thing? Let's listen as Sean reads it through.
0: Chapter 36 Myth number four. The best way to learn a language is total immersion. It's not quite fair to call this a misconception. It's more like a half truth. Total immersion, whether at a language camp or inside a country where your adopted language is spoken, can indeed be the best way to learn. The real danger of this idea is that people can get hung up on it. At a time in our lives when going to live in another country or spending weeks in a language camp just isn't in the cards, we can fall into the why-bother trap. Why bother messing around with lesser methods when maybe someday I could do the best method? If people follow this line of thinking, they may miss the boat as maybe someday becomes never. Language learning expert Stephen Krashen actually cautions against total immersion before you're prepared. A beginner can get more comprehensible input in one session of a well-taught class than from several days of being in the country, he writes. It's better to get the basics of a language down, he advises, before giving yourself an immersion experience. You'll get far more out of it. That's just what Mary Norris did. From the moment she told her boss at The New Yorker that she wanted to visit Greece, he thrust books of Greek grammar and literature into the editor's eager hands so that she would gain familiarity with the language. Mary then took courses in Greek at two New York universities for a year before she booked her first trip. She returned from her five-week journey determined to study the language in its classical form as well, so that I could read everything written by the Greeks who had crossed this sea before me. And then, she found a way to do a quasi-immersion right at home. I moved to Astoria, the Greek-American neighborhood in Queens, she wrote, embedding myself among live Greeks, and there I consumed Thucydides. Regardless of the neighborhood you live in today, as we have seen, technology has opened up a world of digital immersion possibilities. Active, thirsty learners can actually give themselves more language exposure right here in America then they might get living a more passive, language-sequestered life in another country. Today, we are blessed with being able to read the news, listen to the radio, watch TV and movies, and play video games, all in our adopted language. We can navigate the web and set the apps on our phone to our adopted language. We can converse with native speakers live online from the comfort of our couches. We can often speak to our virtual assistants in our adopted language. All these things that used to be possible only by living overseas or in science fiction are now available right at home to nearly everyone. Not that these virtual experiences should substitute for actually going overseas when you are able. But today, an American in Pittsburgh can be exposed in more ways to the French language than an American in Paris could 50 years ago. Also, bear in mind that it's possible to live overseas and not avail yourself of the best way to learn. This is just what happens to people who fall into the expat trap and live most of their days in an English bubble with their friends. It's absolutely true that living fully in your adopted language overseas can be a marvelous way to learn, and the best you've experienced. You can learn in a full-bandwidth way, reading the signs and newspapers, overhearing bits of conversation, using your language to shop, eat out, hire a contractor, socialize with friends and neighbors, all the time tuning in to the preferred local ways of saying things that never make it to the language textbooks or apps. In this real-world, full-bandwidth immersion, you not only hear someone speak, but see their face and full-body gestures, You associate words with the physical things in your new world as you encounter them, and the context helps to imprint them in your brain. I still remember vividly some of the words that were reinforced for me in Spain when walking around a park. On a green and white sign above a newsstand, which read Periodicos y Revistas, meaning newspapers and magazines. On a recycling bin, Vidrio y Latas, meaning glass and cans. When you see something in the real world that you can touch, it can be far more impactful than viewing it on a screen or in your stack of flashcards. But perhaps the biggest benefit of immersion abroad will be the people you will meet and befriend. Remember the deep friendship that Julia Child formed with the French woman in the food market and how they talked for hours about French foods and the best ways to cook them. And recall David Wolfe and his friend at the business school who whisked David away into the French countryside, giving him the best of what provincial France offered while also plotting a plan for David to survive back at school. The two are still close friends today and vacation together with their children. No amount of time spent in front of your screen can compare with authentic, face-to-face communications and the friendships that can last a lifetime. And this gets us to the essence of what total immersion can be. We tend to think of it as a method for how to learn a language, but it's more than that. It's also the why to learn a language. Why, after all, spend all the years and all the effort to learn your adopted language if you're not going to reap some of the sweet rewards by spending time abroad? It might make you a bit nervous thinking of it. And yes, even with your skills, you can expect to suffer initially from ear lag. But you can also have the kinds of experiences life is made for. Overcoming your trepidation and having the time of your life. Immersion abroad may also help you find your where. Where your adopted language will live in your life. Maybe you'll work every summer for a cause you believe in and get some friends and family members to join you. Perhaps you'll spend every winter in a particular locale that you come to love dearly, especially the friends you've met there. The stronger your language skills are before you arrive, the better. The whole point of being overseas is not just to get more comfortable with your adopted language, but to speak it well enough that you forget about it entirely, and just live the larger life that you sense awaits you. For you are right. It does.
1: If you've listened to some of this season's earlier episodes, which feature other chapters of the audiobook, you might have caught a familiar refrain, and that is how important it is to know where in your life your language will live. In our next episode, we'll look at that where from another perspective, the myth of why would I learn another language when I live in a country where just about everybody speaks this one? I hope you'll join me for it. And if you like what you're listening to, I hope you'll consider making America's Bilingual Century your own. The book is available in all formats print, ebook, and audiobook. Just go to americathebilingual.com forward slash book and you'll find your favorite way to read. Plus, more excerpts from the book and what lots of reviewers have to say about it. My thanks to the America the Bilingual Project team, including Caroline Doughty, our audio and digital book maven. Fernando Hernandez and his production house, Estel Noes Radio, who provides sound design and mixing. Mim Harrison, our editorial and brand director. Carlos Plaza, our creative director. And Carla Hernandez at Darumatech, who manages our website, americathebilingual.com. I invite you to follow America the Bilingual on Facebook, along with the Lead with Languages campaign run by our friends at ACTful, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages. Thanks for listening. For America the Bilingual, this is Steve Levine.